Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your C.B. Baker. We have a really good show for you today. I'm sorry that we had to take a pause for the calls for the past couple of weeks. One, our scheduling conflicts. We just could not get together to be able to record a podcast. And then one week we had a technical difficulty that resulted in the podcast recording um, not coming out fresh and clean. So, you know, we like to be able to give everybody really good content that everybody can hear. But without further ado, welcome to the show. Dr. Daniels. Uh, thank you. It's always great to be here, and uh, I always look forward to our conversations. I think they provide a lot of insight and, and give, give a, a realistic look at how life is and how people can actually apply what they learn uh, in, in the Bible to everyday living, and I think that's a wonderful thing. Well, speak, speaking of uh, realistic and keeping it real, we're going to get real, real today, okay? The, the topics today is I'm going to hit them all out there so everybody can get your pen and paper ready. We're going to talk about premarital sex, living together, and infidelity. So those are the three topics we will be talking about today. So let's lead off with premarital sex. Now, um, Pastor, now we we talk off air, you know, about the different scenarios and things. I know most guys. Uh, my age that, that say, you know what, I, I can't, I can't buy the car without test driving it. Mm-hmm. So, but how should we handle a situation where we do everything right and we get in the bedroom on a honeymoon night and we're like, well, this was not good at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how do we handle that one? Pastor? Well, you know, I think, if you what the premise would have to be then if you say that the woman was for some reason her her skill level let's say was right. not what was not up to par um uh, to me that ought to be a plus not a minus you know number one that would suggest to you that she has not had a lot of encounters in the past and i don't know about you but uh, i know um i don't necessarily i wouldn't necessarily want a woman that has uh, gone through every man that she has come into contact with. <laughs> that is a good point. And, and, and to be good at anything requires practice. So that would mean that if she's extremely, you know, talented, that she has had a lot of practice. To me, that's not necessarily a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's not necessarily a good thing. Right. And so, um, so for me, that would not be an issue. I, I think what the way that we ought to look at it is not whether or not she is experienced, whether or not she um, is not good and bad, but how open we are, individuals, how open we become to experimenting, experiencing different things, and having open communication. I would much prefer um, uh, to, to be in a situation where I'm able to communicate to my wife what my needs are, what my desires are, in an open environment where when I do that, there's no sense of uh, looking down or, or, or wondering why are you coming up with this, because that's how you develop a good intimate relationship with a person. We can have open communication. And, and, and so uh, the best way to get that is with someone that you can feel um, that you can be open and honest without them condemning you. Right. And, and also, too, if you're really in love with one another, it shouldn't. You should be going at least a little bit on the love part until you get to the what you know what uh, us fellas would call the maintenance sex. <laughs> you know when you're having that, when you're having that, just to be doing it type thing until you get to that point, which is I'm saying 
seven, eight years in, you know, let's, you know, let's give it that much. You shouldn't, it should be okay. Cause you're, if you're right. communicating also what's good and what's bad. And if you, like you said, if you're, if you are communicating as a male or the female to the man, that's an inexperienced mm-hmm. and you're telling them what you like, and what you don't like mm-hmm. is things should work itself out. So do you think in your counseling and talking with people that just, People just not communicating about sex, even when they are married. Uh, definitely. Uh, people oftentimes feel uncomfortable e- expressing what they like and don't like for a couple of reasons. One is because it's the embarrassment factor. You know, uh, if a woman is expressing to a man some things that she likes, then oftentimes the man will wonder, where'd you get that idea from? <laughs> you know, that's not a that's not an easy thing to digest. Right. 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 Uh, and, and, and vice versa. You know, one woman feels the same same way. Uh, again, that's because, you know, we we're not a we're not, uh, I guess, a society that that is comfortable in, in, in that arena. Um, so but I, but I think if 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 I know, let's say, for example, if I know that my you know, my 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 spouse is, is a virgin, if I if I know this, um, then I'm I'm more at ease talking and, and 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 asking her, you know, how does this how is this for you? How do you know what things do you like? What things do you not like? But it's based on us communicating, not just before or after, but also you know during the course of our intimacy, because I understand that she hasn't had that experience before. Right. So I need to, to to be able to help her maneuver through that experience so she gets the most out of it. Yeah, I think the other thing that that um, kind of prohibits uh, people, you know, you mentioned seven eight years, then we get into that kind of maintenance thing. Uh, you're right. If if our getting together is simply for procreation, if our getting together is is just for for that, <clears throat> then it does become a maintenance thing. But this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that the the marriage bed is is undefiled, uh, which means basically that our intimacy ought to be a form of demonstrating love and pleasure one for the other, and that's how married couples ought to approach it. It, it not as if this is a mechanical thing that I got to do to keep you from going over here or going over there, but a true expression of love and intimacy. And, you know, and so when I'm counseling couples, I, I, t- I try to remind them the intimacy doesn't just start in the bedroom. You know, intimacy is something that ought to be a part of how we deal with one another on a daily basis. And, and, and so when you do that, then um, it just becomes uh, a natural outgrowth of how we've been dealing with one another all day long. Yeah, you may mention uh, last time we was talking about this, of leaving the rose in, in the front seat of the car with a note, mm-hmm. you know, little, just little things like that, and they're creating the atmosphere you know, for, for later on, you dropped a little nugget on me. It's okay. Right. Now I get it. If I want to, if I, if I got something planned and I want to do something later on at night, I got to start in the morning right. and, and work the way, work my way up in there. Absolutely. You know, for, for men, oftentimes um, we view sex as an act, a, a, you know, a physical act. Uh, and I'm not saying this is a hundred percent for everybody, obviously. Uh, but for women, usually sex is not an act for them. Sex is an emotional experience. 
for them. And so that's the approach you have to take. So if I'm going to be intimate with my with my wife, then my approach has to be I need to make sure it's an emotional experience. And I, I, I stress the, the term experience uh, because the experience should last not just for 15, 20 minutes. The experience should take that person through the next time. You know, you should leave the person, you know, through the experience of having that strong desire to repeat the experience. And so then what you get is in between the person still had that heightened sense of anticipation, right? Uh, which again, keeps things moving along that line because each time it's that heightened sense of anticipation that keeps you moving forward. Now we, we may mention of the man telling the woman, you know, uh, or asking the woman, how do you like that? How does that feel? Mm-hmm. Now let's flip it. Now let's say the woman is, is divorced, but the man has never been married mm-hmm. in a perfect scenario. And he hasn't, he's a virgin. Mm-hmm. The woman's, of course, you know, been married and is not a virgin. How does this situation play out for her? How would you recommend a woman telling a man how to do things differently in the bedroom that may be a little, a little shy? Well, see, I, I think it's the same way because let, let's say if I'm the, if I'm the man, I'm the virgin, and, and I'm marrying a woman, and you know she's been divorced. So uh, let's let's say she's been married for twenty years, or it could be her husband deceased or whatever. Right. So obviously she has more experience than I do. Well, I know me. You know, I guess you have to know yourself, and that's why I'm saying it's got to be intimacy, not just sex. Because if I really love this woman and I want to please this woman then I have no problem with this woman telling me what makes her feel good. And so that should start not just when I'm in the bed. That's my point. See, that should start over dinner. <laughs> you know, that that should be a conversation we have when we're walking down down the beach. That should be a conversation when we're walking through the park. You know, that those are the kind of conversations I should be having all along with her to say, hey, you know what? You know, I, I, you know, I just want to know what I can do to please you. I want to know how I can make, you know, uh, our existence together more pleasurable. How can I do this? How can I do that? What can I do in this regard? And so if that conversation is done in that vein, not just when I'm in the bed, right. but if it's done, you know, in those other pleasurable, you know, non-threatening environments, then once we get to that point of actually engaging one another, uh, then it, it's, it's now we can just relax and and take our time and, and do just what the Bible says, the bed is un, marriage is undefiled. We can enjoy each other from that standpoint because God um, made it pleasurable for a reason so that right. man and woman could enjoy each other. Now you may mention, you know, on walk on the beach or walk in the park or, or over dinner. Mm-hmm. Now this just be, I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. I don't, how do you bring this up in, in a conversation, you know, over, over pork chops and green beans and, you know, and collard greens? You know, it's like, how's this, how do we go, do we just do it in this, or how's there an easy way to ease into it? Well, let me say this, and, you know, and I'm sure we got some players out there listening right now, <laughs> because see, every, every good, every player knows that women like to talk. See, bottom line, women love to talk. Women love for you to hold their hand, you know, when you're talking with them and look them in their eyes and gaze at them. They love that kind of stuff. 
And, and so really it's an easy conversation. If, if I happen to be sitting at the dinner table and I reach across the table and take my wife's hand and I'm just talking to her while we're eating, you know, we finished the main course, the, you know, the waiter hadn't come back for dessert yet. Or if he has come back and taken an order, but he hadn't came back to the table and I'm just holding her hand while I'm talking to her. And see, that's intimacy right there, because now she knows that she is the focal point of why I'm there because I'm not distracted. I'm I'm locked in on her. And so then it becomes easy, you know, to say, you know, this night is for you. What else can I do to make it more pleasurable for you? What else can I do to ensure that this is a night that neither one of us will ever forget? The same way if I'm walking down the beach, if I'm walking down the beach and I'm holding her hand or I have my arms around her and I'm talking, you know, it's the same kind of conversation. You know, it's not that I'm saying, you know, well, what position uh, do you want me <laughs> to be in? No, that's not the conversation. Right. The conversation always, what can I do to make it more pleasurable for you? How can I make this night a night to remember? And believe you me, women love to talk. My job now, once I put it on the table, is just listen. Right. It's just listen. So it's, it's more or less uh, late 70s R&B, 80s R&B, not 2000s R&B. There you go. We're talking about <laughs> temptations. We're talking about petty pentagrams. <laughs> we, we, you know, we, we, we talking that, you know. Right. Because, you know, a, a lot of a lot of the um, young people out there, because of the music that they hear, when you hear the sensual song or the soulful song, it's not about love. Is all about everything else that happens after the fact, and they didn't have the lead up part, you know, like how do right. some of the old school songs have? Right. What we know the songs I call timeless. So a lot of times we start mimicking what we hear, and I even see um, the young players out there, you know, talk like that to women, and then wonder why they always end up with a bad woman, you know, in the in the wrong situation. Absolutely. You know, uh, I, I'll uh, again, I, you know, I, 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 I can't I can't uh, I, I still have my handbook, but 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 I try not to use it. <laughs> yeah. I understand. But but here's the thing. Um, everybody wants to feel important. I mean, that's really the bottom line. Everybody wants to feel important. And 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 the Bible leads us along that road. If we just kind of take it for granted, look, I mean, it's just a, if we don't take that for granted, um, there's a book in the Bible called the Song of Solomon, and that book describes in that book what he describes is his love for a woman. Now, apparently, others view this woman as not being attractive. And she doesn't view herself as being attractive. In fact, she talks about her, her skin color because she's darker complexion. She says she's been burnt by the sun, those kind of things. But, but when he talks about her, he talks about how voluptuous she is and how, how long, how much he longs to be with her. And so even though others don't make her feel important, he makes her feel extremely important. And I believe God put that book in the Bible so we would understand that that's how you treat a woman, is that you want to make her feel like she is the most important uh, entity in your, in your life other than the God that you serve. And so even though she may find things about her own self that she may think is unappealing, my job is to help her understand that I find it extremely appealing and that I think about you all the time. And when I do think about you, my my mind is constantly on this aspect of you or that aspect of you. And that's what keeps me motivated to be back home with you. And so it's really if you do it that way, 
uh, that's the way the Bible lays it out. If you do it that way, then what you find is, is that um, you don't have to model behind someone else. Just go along with the natural tendency that everybody wants to feel important. Everybody wants to feel like they are the center uh, of your attention. Right. Just like, you know, just like we always say, if it's happening to you, it's in the Bible. That you better know it. You better know it. <laughs> so switching gears here. Um, now, the next topic, which is shacking up, mm-hmm. living together, um, testing out not only, you know, now we've test drove the car. Now, the, mm-hmm. now, the, now the dealer, the salesman says, take it home mm-hmm. for a night or two and then tell us whether or not you want to buy it. That's how I view uh, shacking up right. and living together before you get married. Now, I know of plenty of people out there that have no intentions on getting married and have been living together for 10 plus years. Right. So um, how can why does that happen in your opinion? Well, I I think um, that why I think people live together because they um, lack uh, they, they lack an appreciation of value for themselves. Now, I know there are a lot of folks who disagree with that, and let me tell you why I say that. Uh, when I was about 20 years old, uh, my grandfather said to me, uh, my father's father, he said to me, um, before you marry any woman, you should live with her a minimum of two years. And then he said, but if that woman will let you stay with her for two years, she's a hoe. Don't marry her. <laughs> OK, so what's a brother to do? Right. Right. And, and here's my point is this, is that let's say if, if, if a woman is living with a man, then that means that she is uh, normally engaged in, in all those things that he would normally get from a wife. Right. She's cooking. Right. She's cleaning. She's contributing financially to the home. And so she's doing that with the anticipation that one day we're going to get married. So during that time of doing all this stuff, she's giving him all those benefits for free because he can walk away and she gets nothing out of the deal right. and vice versa. If the man is doing that. But let's say she stand with him and she's not contributing and he's the one taking care of her. Well, that makes her a prostitute. That's what my grandfather said, right? Because right, if, if, right. If, 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 you're, if, if you're giving me sex because I'm paying your bills, that makes you a prostitute. And so that's why he said, if she will do that, don't marry her. She's a whore. You know, what can I say? You know, that's what he said. Now, so I, I think what people have to understand is this, is that just because we live together is no guarantee that our marriage will be good. Right. It is not. And so a lot of times what people do is they want to live together to see if they are compatible to marry. I tell anybody, you can be happy with anybody. And I do mean anybody. You don't have to try a person out to see if you're going to be happy. Being happy only requires two things. Agree to do what you said you will do. It's just as simple as that, because, you know, going in what you want, that person knows going in what they want. If we both discuss those things and we both make a decision that we're going to do just that, then we're going to be happy. And so we don't have to try it, you know, uh, for two years before we buy it. I don't have to drive a car for a year to know if I want to buy it. Right. Actually, I, as I said before, I know before I get to the car dealership what I want in a car. 
I know I want air conditioning. I know I, you know, I want the ability to have Bluetooth capability. You know, I know I want a certain gas mileage. You know, I know what I want. So if I get to the dealership and the car has everything I want, then I don't need to ride around in it for for a year. Either it has what I want or it don't doesn't have what I want. Same thing with people. That's right. That's right. Now, but what if you don't know what you you don't know the, your difference between wants and needs? How do we figure that out? Well, I I just don't I don't think living with a person is going to provide you with the answer. Not not really. Not not really. And if you don't know that, you you shouldn't get married in the first place. If if you haven't figured out, <laughs> if you are, if you are at that point in your life where you haven't figured out, you know what you want in a relationship. You don't need to get married uh, because you're going to have some problems down the road. You, you know, we, that's the other thing. You have to be mature enough to marry. Uh, and again, living together does not mature you. You know, I think people think that way, but it doesn't. It just does not mature you. And so there's really no need to live together, you know, prior to marriage. In fact, I would say this living together generally prolongs when you would get married. But also what living together does, in a sense, is it causes problems because now we have community property. If we do separate, we don't know how to divide it. If something happens where the young lady gets pregnant and we decide not to get married, now she has a child out of wedlock. And so now how do we deal with that issue? So now if you if, if they do break up now, the next man, you know, he now he got to deal with the baby daddy drama and all those kinds of things. And, and so, you know, people, I, I realize this is a, uh, a a new day. People think it's a new day. I know people think that, you know, the first time women start having kids out of wedlock was in 2000. That's not <laughs> right. true. Right. As long as there have been people, they have been having kids out of wedlock. Right. Um, but the thing is, is that we are more intelligent. We have more options now. So what we ought to be doing is not making the kind of decisions that will make us less likely to succeed, but make the kind of decisions that will make us more likely to succeed. That's correct. Now, moving on to the uh, the next subject, which is the one of the ones I get a lot of requests on is how to handle infidelity. And this is a tough topic to handle, especially in marriage. And in the last one of the podcasts uh, we had done on the marriage relationship podcast, you had made mention in the podcast that infidelity is an easy obstacle to overcome and is one of the easier ones to overcome. And we didn't really dive into it because of time. But right now we have a little time. Sure. So let's dive into that. Why would you say, Pastor, that's one of the easier ones to overcome for us? Infidelity in marriage. Infidelity is the easiest one to overcome because infidelity is that one thing that you can stop immediately. Okay. If you think of the reasons why people, why marriages break up, one is uh, relatives, in-laws. Okay. I can't get rid of my in-laws immediately unless, you know, someone dies or you kill somebody. That's not going to happen. So if the problem is you can't get your in-laws out your business you know, that, that's a, a relationship that you got to kind of sever. That's harder to do because that's not going to happen. Let's say the problem is financial. Most marriages end on financial issues and not infidelity. Well, you can't get money overnight. So right. you, so I can't just get a new job. I can't just buy a new house overnight. That takes time. So I can't make that adjustment. I can make an adjustment to stop cheating in 30 seconds. 
And it, and, it can, and it can be over with in 30 seconds. It's the only thing that can be over with right away. Nothing else can. So the ability to right that wrong can be instantaneous. Now the issue is, how then do I get over that? You know, I mean, that's really the issue. Right. Um, and, and there are several ways one can. Uh, but for most people, the problem is, is that how can you guarantee me that it won't happen again. I, you know, that's for most people, that's the problem. And for some people is I can't get the image out of my mind that you betrayed me, that you lied to me, you know, whatever. Well, let me say this. First of all, everybody lies to everybody. And so if, when anytime someone says, I can't believe you lied to me, they need to stop lying to themselves. <laughs> okay. Right. Cause you can believe they lied to you because they've lied to you before. And in fact, you have lied to them before. Right. So you, you, you gotta be real and not act as if lying is the issue. That's not the issue. Everybody lies to everybody at some point in time. You lie to your children. You tell them there's a Santa Claus. Shouldn't, should the child say to you, I can't believe you lied to me <laughs> and told me there was a Santa Claus. Right, <laughs> you right. know, so we might as well drop that one. Right. Okay. So then what they say is things like this. Well, um, you hurt me. No, infidelity is not I hurt you. You may got hurt, but I didn't hurt you because I didn't do anything to you. Now, that doesn't mean you didn't feel the pain, but I didn't do anything to you. So we have to kind of put it in perspective. I am hurting, but you didn't hurt me. I am hurting because of the act that you did, but you didn't kill me. You didn't stab, you know, you didn't shoot me. Right. None of that stuff happened. So then, so then I got to deal with this because it ain't the first time you hurt me either. You know, we, we, we've been hurt before. The, 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 the ongoing pain really is the fact that either I can't get it out of my head or I think you'll do it again. So I'm worried every time you leave the house and this kind of thing. So I'm saying that you can put measures in place, practical measures in place so that the the elements or the things that that created the environment where cheating was easy. You can put that almost to a, a, a zero level so you can kind of put yourself in a position where you are comfortable that it cannot happen again. Uh, and, and that depends on uh, uh, why the cheating occurred and and what circumstances led to the cheating. And, you know, now, right now, Pastor, there's everybody, there's some people listening to this. Not everybody that's mm -hmm. listening to what, what you just said. And they're saying to themselves, as soon as this joker ever cheat on me, mm -hmm. I'm out. I'm right. gone. Or as soon as she even think about sleeping with another man, I'm done. Right. I'm done. I, you know, that's it. I'm done. So how do we get a person from that's it, I'm done, quote unquote, to I'm going to give this another chance, to I forgive, to moving on to not even really thinking about it anymore? Well, most people say that. Only as a scare tactic. Let me put that out there. You know, they'll say to the to their spouse, if you ever do it, I'll kill you. If you ever do it, I'm out. Well, that ain't true. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time. That's not true. But they use it as a scare tactic. You cannot scare people into being truthful to you. You cannot do that. Number one. The other thing is this. Uh, most people that are adults, again, there are there are some rare cases where there have been some arranged marriages, but rare. Right. Uh, in our culture. Anyway, most people took you from somebody. 
Yeah, it's just the bottom line, you know. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's rare that someone was out there that had nobody in their life and they were free as a bird and both of you just happened to be free. That That's a rare case. So usually you took them from somebody anyway. So that means they cheated on somebody. They may not call it cheating, but emotionally they cheated. And then they said to the person, hey, you know what? I don't think we should stay in this relationship anymore. So they broke it off. But right. emotionally, they were already cheating with you. That's why they broke the other one off, you know, or vice versa. Right. And, and so the, the the idea is this. Well, most of us, whoever we have in our life, we have them because they cheated and or, and or because we cheated. Right. It, it may not have been physical, but it probably was emotional. And some of it was physical as well. The bottom, you know, truth be known, you know, a lot of people do have their spouse because they they literally were able to persuade them to leave somebody else. And they may not have left a marriage, but they could have left someone they were dating, you know, for that person. Right. So as my uh, elder brother said to me a long time ago, he said, if you can talk somebody into leaving somebody, then they can talk somebody into leaving you. <laughs> it's just that simple. Right. Okay. So uh, here's, here's what I learned from my father. He said, you can't force a person to stay, but you can make them wish they had have stayed. In other words, his point was you treat them so nice that if they do make a mistake, that they regret it. Because the way to stop a person from cheating on you is not to get mad. It is not to fuss with them. It is not to fight with them. Because if you keep making them feel bad, they will go back out and find somebody that makes them feel good. The way to keep a person from cheating on you the second time is to treat them so well that they feel so guilty that they will never do it again. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things you had mentioned before in the, in the other podcast. And yeah, once again, people came up to, I don't know, I don't know CB, if, I, if I'm able to do that. Like, because it's, it's direct opposite of what you're feeling to do at that moment, which is, and you put it real, you get real with it, and you said, well, if you love this person and you want to be with them, mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to take it back. Like I say, you got to take it back to when you was dating them. Like when you was trying to get them to, like, I, I, I need this girl to be with me, so I'm going to go do what I need to do, you know, show them that I'm the where it's at. Absolutely. And, you know, I said, uh, I, 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 let me put it out there in a different way. Marriage is a business decision as well as an emotional decision, okay? Now, I have been on jobs that I did not like, but you would not know it when I got on the job. Right. Because I carried myself as if I loved being there. And so um, I can treat you a certain way and you will never know how I feel about you internally. You will judge me not based on how I feel, but how I treat you. So I'm not saying to the person that you all of a sudden will not have some feelings that are uh, still causing you anxiety. But I'm saying I don't have to treat you based on my feelings. I can treat you based on a decision. I can decide to still take you out to dinner, even though I want to choke you to death. But I can still take you to dinner. I can still smile. I can still laugh. I can still make you feel good. And if I'm making you feel good with the way I'm treating you, then you will feel guilty about what you did to me. And you will want to to make it work. Now, if you don't want to make it work, obviously, there's nothing I can do to stop you again. But if that's the case, you're not just cheating on me. You're leaving me because the average person, that's what they will do. If they don't want you, they're going to just leave leave. anyway. That's right. That's right. 
Now you made um, a statement about emotional cheating, and uh, in a separate podcast that I did, a question came up: um, Is it okay to seek um, praise from an opposite sex that is not your wife or husband? And in that in that podcast, and it was a, it was a debate. And when I said that question, everybody got quiet because they didn't really know how. To really answer that, because they they felt that on the other if the shoe was on the other foot, how would you feel if somebody was praising your wife mm-hmm. in private, right? And right. but you know you're not around. How would you feel about that? I now my comment was is a it's a it's a road that going down that road could end up into infidelity mm-hmm. real fast if you're not careful of how you handle it because now you're getting affirmation from somebody else other than your significant other. What's your thoughts on that? Well, you know, that's that's an interesting point. And and um, let me I, let me put it this way. I don't know a woman that does not seek praise from other people. I don't know one. Now, if there is one that out there and you do know me, then uh, let me know so I can change my theory. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> because. If you think, consider how women dress, generally speaking, you know, and I know oftentimes women don't like to accept this as as valid. But uh, if you're wearing clothing that is provocative, you want people to look at you. Bottom line, you don't you don't spend all that money getting your hair done, getting your nails done, you know, and 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 all these kind of things, wearing you know red bottom shoes and all this stuff. That's right. Unless you want someone and someone to see what you are wearing, but you also want someone to compliment you on the things that you do, how you look, and those kind of things. And the same thing with men. You know, you're not out there, you know, trying to, you know, getting your hair, you know, cut and and, and buffing up and all this kind of stuff and, and don't want someone to notice you, you know. So we all seek that kind of praise from different people. The issue, the question is, why am I seeking it? You know, you know, am I seeking it because um, I need... Uh, that that affirmation to make me feel good about me, or am I seeking it because I'm trying to lure you into the uh, to the spider web that I am casting? You know, you know, uh, per se that kind of thing. And so, uh, I think I think that's the thing. So when I, when I look at emotional cheating, I don't look at it as just being um, I'm seeking praise from you. I look at emotional cheating as being I get to the point where. I need you to feel good. I need you in order to feel good about my day and to feel good about who I am. And so I start seeking you out for that reason. To me, that's emotional cheating. If, if my wife, let's say, um, starts to, uh, communicate with another man for that reason, just because she wants his flattery because she wants his support, you know, because, you know, if, if we're having a problem, the first thing she do is run to him and talk to him about it because so he can make her feel better. See, to me, that's emotional cheating. If all she does is dress nice. So the person can say, girl, you sure look good today. You know, uh, that doesn't bother me one bit because be quite honest with you. 
if if no one else says she looks good, then I think we got a problem. Got a problem. Because, uh, you <laughs> right, know, if right. I find her attractive, I'm thinking that others find her attractive. Right. And I can't imagine, you know, men not acknowledging that she's an attractive woman. And so that that don't bother me. But again, if if she's if she has to lean on that one individual, you know, uh, to make her a day to the point where, you know, on Sunday, you know, she can't wait to get back to work on Monday. You know, she's laying the clothes out on Monday, you know, Sunday mm-hmm. night and everything because she got to get back and she got she normally doesn't need to be to work until nine o'clock. But she's at work at eight o'clock because, she know, he's going to be there early kind right. of thing. See, to me, that's the emotional cheating. And, and you're right. To me, I think that sets you up for the next level. And even if you don't go to the next level, I still think it's something that uh, ought not be done because it takes away from your own relationship with your spouse. And and the one thing, Pastor, that's that's real funny with that, everybody's experienced it, you know, that puppy love type feeling. Right. And if you start feeling that, then you should already know, wait a minute now, this is the devil getting getting busy. Absolutely. And then once you start, you know, dancing with the devil, you usually doesn't end well. You it know. never does. <laughs> you know, there's, there's an old song that says, don't let the devil ride because if you let him ride, he'll want to drive. Yeah. And, and, that, and what you're saying is, is so true. But you're right. It is something that's very commonplace. And we have to be honest with ourselves. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that people have is that we're not honest with ourselves to know when we have migrated beyond that point, you know. And, and you have to be honest and just say, hey, you know what? Um, hey, this is I'm getting we're getting a little too close here. You, you know, I'm I'm feeling too attached to you now. You know, if 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 my wife is now cooking spare ribs and and taking them to work, you, you right. know, and and sharing them with this per, one person, you know, or baking cakes, or when that person's birthday come around, you know, everybody else in the job birthday come around, and you know, she may put a dollar in the kitty for their present. When right. his birthday come around, she running up to Walmart to get a cake, you know, and, and buying a, you know, a nice gift, you know, then even though there may be no uh, uh, rendezvous, still uh, that, as you say, that's on the verge. That's right. on the verge of it moving beyond where it ought to be. And um, if you play with fire, um, there's a 99.9% chance that you're going to get burned. That's right. And, you know, to go back to um, you mentioned the handbook earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, yours is in retirement. It's on, mm-hmm. it's on, it's on the bookshelf. Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, but all the players out there know when you can feel that situation coming. And a lot of them will pull out that, you know, chapter you know, chapter 22 mm-hmm. back away. That's right. You know, they'll back, you know, they'll back up. It's like, but then all of a sudden they get married and then they forget that, hey, if the woman's coming towards you a little bit more often than what they should, you don't go towards. You should right. say, wait a minute. It's pause. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to get in that type of situation. Right, right. You know, now for me, for other reasons, is you know, my wife is half crazy, and so I don't, <laughs> I don't need that type of drama in my life. You feel me? So why even go down that road? And that's the thing that really kind of gets me. Um, a lot of guys will do things that is just not smart, and then be shocked at the consequences that come from behind, you know, behind it. Mm-hmm. when they get caught? Well, I, I'd say not just guys. I, I say um, guys and women. And, and I can tell you, it's been my experience now that emotional cheating is done more by women than men. You know, now, uh, it, that's, that's been my experience because men, women are more apt to be 
receptive to flattery uh, and 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 feel that that is a part of them than men are. You know, right. now men don't get me wrong. Uh, a man will accept the advances of a woman. Uh, but, you know, I'm just saying it's, it's, it's not necessarily that they locked in. It's just that I got caught. You know, I, mean, I, uh, I, I saw it. I liked it. I tried it. And I was, and that was a stupid move. Um, but women tend to get a little more emotional involved. And, and for generally speaking, again, it's not it's not 100 percent for everybody. But generally speaking, men are opportunists. Right. Generally speaking, men cheat because opportunity is there. Women cheat because they are missing something. And so women tend to cheat more because they are trying to do to 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 do, there's a relationship that has been developed somehow. And, and, and that's just kind of like uh, a part of that intimacy thing, you know. And, and so that's how women t- tend to cheat. And again, you said chapter 22 is page uh, 149. <laughs> and, and, and every player knows that. So every player, you know, when I was a, I was I guess I was about 14, 15 years old. And um, another player lived across the street from me, and he 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 was giving us you know uh, player one hundred and one, and and he would say it's easier to date a married woman than a single woman, mm. easier. And uh and and he gave us the rules on how to do it, you know. Right. And, and and basically all he was saying to us was this, is that all you have to do when you're talking to a married woman, he would say, is find out what she's not getting from her husband, and give it to her. Right. That was his basic rule. I mean, you know, he gave us a little de- no more details, right. but it had nothing to do with physical stuff either. It was not physical. It was right. not, you know, you had to try to persuade her to get in the bed. That was the last thing he would say, you know, but it's those other things that if they were missing, you know, he would say, you know, little things that, you know, a lot of times people don't even think about. Like you might notice that her inspection sticker was, was not up to date, right. you know, little things. And he would right. say, just offer to take care of it for her. If you heard a car knocking or something, offer to check it for her. Right. All those little things he would say, you know, you do stuff like that, and then she'll start depending on you to do those little things. Right. And then she'll start bringing you lunch, and then she'll start doing, you know, and little things like that. Now, and, and, and you know, because that's how, I'm, that's how our mind works. Right. You, you know, and so, um, like I say, you're right, it's in chapter 22 on page 149. And and every player got still got a copy. You know, mine right. is retired. I put it up. I don't. I don't even matter. Fact, I don't even know where it's at. I retired it. Don't <laughs> even know where it's at. Um, but but like you say, it, 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 that emotional thing will drive you places you really don't want to go. So we, we we have to be careful. Women have to be careful. Men have to be careful uh, uh, about that because it can cause some irreparable harm. Uh, and that's I think what 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 the big issue is with cheating. That's the biggest issue. The first thing a woman will say is, do you love her? Right. Do you love her? Because what she's doing is she's thinking about what it would take for her to cheat. Right. And see, for her to cheat requires love. And so, but she also knows that once she gets locked into love, it's hard to let it go. Right. Because she don't understand that for the man, he can cheat, he can cheat today and be done tomorrow. He can say, well, you know what? Didn't work. I'm done. Move on. Right. <laughs> you know, but in her mindset, you ain't going to be able to stop because there's an attachment there. And oftentimes with men, there is no attachment. Right. It's like going to 7-Eleven, you know? Yeah. I, and I've, I have witnessed that happen with some of my uh, friends, mm-hmm. that that has happened. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's just how some men are and how they right. act. Yeah. You know, so really good information here. Um, uh, but before I cut this off and we go to conclusion. You made mention yesterday in church service, mm-hmm. 
And I'm so glad you talked about this because, as you know, I ran across this situation. I had no idea. Me being more of a neophyte going to church in, in an Enoch Baptist church, I did not know as being married that I was not supposed to hug more than two women in the church. And as you know, uh, my wife's uh, family goes to this church. Mm-hmm. And I did not know I had all eyes on me when I was getting those hugs until we met up for a family dinner and then I was the conversation during uh, this dinner and I had no idea. And I, Pastor, had made mention the same thing that you said yesterday. I said, why would I even try to get with somebody in this public domain where everybody is looking at me? Right. The thought never even crossed my mind. A lady walked up wanting to get a, a church hug. And mm-hmm. we all know what the church hug was. Mm-hmm. This, was it, this was not a, uh, what was it? What's it called? If it's longer than two seconds, it's, it's past a church hug. Mm-hmm. You know, so none of this, everything was under two seconds. Right. But still, yeah. I got mentioned. Mm-hmm. So now, Pastor, I will, the question's coming here in a minute. Now, what I what I do when I'm at church, when you say, look to your neighbor mm-hmm. and hug your neighbor, I do not do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad you made that announcement uh, yesterday. And for people that did not make it to church yesterday, please give us a brief synopsis of what you said yesterday. Well, here's basically um, how, what what I um, try to help people appreciate. The, the Bible says that we ought to greet uh, fellow Christians with a holy kiss. That's, that's scriptural, number one. Uh, and because it was the custom, their custom was that's how they greeted one another. Secondly, well, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me let's back it up a little bit. So I was actually could have got a kiss in church. Well, well, well a holy kiss, a holy kiss, a, a holy kiss. <laughs> so that that that's not lip to lip now. That's a, a holy kiss. <laughs> okay, it's, it's more of a, a, an embrace. If you if you think about most Mid Eastern customs, right. you know when they greet each other, even men right. greet each other with a kiss, you know, on the cheek, the cheek yeah. right? And that's that's a holy kiss because it was the custom, right? Now, but here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that all Christians are like brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters. So that means you're my brother and, 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 and that, you know, and vice versa, you know, I'm, I'm your brother, but it also means my wife is your sister. You know, that's what that says. So the, the issue then is, well, if that was your biological sister, would I be mad if you hugged her? You know, and, and no, of course not. No. I'm not mad if you hug your biological sister, just like, you know, my uh, brother-in-law, I'm sure is not mad if I hug his wife, which is my biological sister. Right. So, but by similarly, every female that's a Christian in that church, God has said is like my, it's like my sister. So if every woman in the church is my sister, then I should treat all of them the same way I treat my sister and, and, and vice versa. And so, I, you know, I, I get that everybody in church isn't saved. I get that everybody in church don't have the maturity that I may have. But in only way that I can help you get that maturity is to lead by example. So therefore, I don't get upset if me and hug my wife because right. you know what? The issue is not whether or not they hug her for more than two seconds. That ain't an issue. If a hug will get my wife out of my house, I never had her in the first place. Right. If that's all it takes for my wife to decide she's going to sleep with another man, then she was never mine in the first place. That would say the type of woman that she is. If a hug is all that is needed to cause me to cheat on my wife, then that would say I am the most sorry man that God created. You know, certainly 
we have more fortitude and more discipline than that. And, and, you know, especially in the church environment, you know, no one is trying to feel someone up in the church environment, but I get it that people are concerned. And, and, and as the scripture says, you know, that some are, uh, Jesus says some are eunuchs by birth and some were made eunuchs. And he said uh, to him that hath an ear, let him hear. And his meaning was simple. Everybody isn't mature enough to take what his teaching is. And so there are going to be some people that are going to say there's no way a man can be friends with a woman or vice versa. And they just be friends. And, and OK, that's how they feel. I get it. I don't I won't argue about it. But there's some folk that are mature enough to know that you can be or yeah. you can just hug somebody and it just be. I'm glad to see you. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Pastor, mm-hmm. for clearing that up. And also, thank you for all the insight that you gave today, which was a really great on premarital sex, living together, and infidelity. Um, if you would like to hear Pastor Daniels um, any more than what you're hearing right now, you can go to church on Sunday in Virginia Beach at Enoch Baptist Church, and you can catch us on live stream. And you got to go up there. Follow Enoch Baptist Church, but you know, sign in and everything, and you'll be able to get the past 30, I think it's the past 30 um, church services. Um, my man, uh, Jarrell Thomas is the one heading it up in the audio video, uh, video ministry at Enoch Baptist Church. Check us out up there. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor, for, for the podcast today. Any parting words? Uh, I just say this. If there are some some listeners out there that 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 are uh, want to continue uh, this 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 walk down being having a better relationship with their spouses or what have you we will be having a marriage retreat that's being sponsored and so I encourage them to call the church and sign up uh, the marriage retreat is not designed um, to, for, to say well we want to help you because you're having a bad marriage the marriage retreat is designed to help you understand how to have a better marriage you know, where you are because like getting a tune up so you can be better than what you've always been. Thanks so much, and we look forward to talking to you later.